Hey there, welcome to the art of getting a job. 30 minute podcast for you, a job seeker, where we talk about all things job search from the perspective of hiring professionals, giving you understanding into that world so that you, a job seeker, can do what you want and get that job. I'm your host, Dave Brown. I'm a longtime hiring manager. I'm a well-experienced job seeker. I'm a seasoned HR professional, and I'm a career services expert. Today, we're gonna chat with you, a job seeker, a person ready and eager to get that job, about what people like me, a hiring professional, are doing, about what our processes are, so that you, a job seeker, can be better equipped to go out there and do that art of getting that job. So I'm a job search professional. By that, what I mean is that I have taught people how to do job search. As a matter of fact, I've taught people how to teach people how to do job search. I've also been an employer and hiring manager and a recruiter. I have spent hours upon hours looking at over thousands of resumes. I've done hundreds of interviews. I filled hundreds of positions. In all those processes, there are things that I'm looking for. There are ways of things being done that I want to make sure happen as an employer and as a hiring manager and as a recruiter in order for me to be successful at filling that position. What we're going to talk about in this 11-episode podcast is all the aspects of job search, all the art of job search from the perspective of that hiring manager in order for you to be successful at that art of getting a job. We're going to talk about the process of a hiring manager, what they go through. We're going to talk about questions that you need to ask yourself before you get into this process. We're going to go through job postings. We're going to go through resumes. We're going to go through interviews. We're going to talk about compensation. We're going to talk about communications, email communications, cover letters, references. We're going to talk about that one key that people don't often think about, which is workplace culture. So that you have an understanding of what you need to know about workplace culture as you apply. We're going to talk about job offers. Finally, we're going to talk about work-life balance. The key for you to be able to keep that job. Hey there. We want to welcome you all today to this episode one of the art of getting a job. First of all, Hi. Hey, how are you? Glad you can make it. I'm not sure where you are today. If you're a job seeker, you might be listening to this in the morning as you decide what you're going to do. You might be hearing this at lunch or in the library as you think about what your next step is, or you might be winding your day down, heading home, and seeking out some information to help charge up for tomorrow. To my fellow career reachers like you, to my fellow job seekers, wherever you are, I hope you are well. I hope you have what you need for now, and I hope you are ready for what is going to come your way because of your efforts. Now, if you're a job provider, because I know some of you do listen to this, you might be listening to this on your way in, in your car or taking transit, or for those of you working remote or hybrid today as you prep for your day, or you might be listening to do some professional development as your day progresses, or you might be choosing to receive some of that PD on the weekend by listening to this podcast. Wherever you are, my colleagues, my fellow travelers on that recruitment chase, I hope you too 
our will. I hope you have what you need for now. And I hope you too are ready for what is going to come your way because of your efforts. In today's episode, I want to chat to you today about those two solitudes, so to speak, about the life of the job seeker and about the life of that person wanting to fill that job, the recruiter, the hiring manager, whomever. We're going to discuss some basic understandings of what these two groups of people are going through. This is so that you, the job seeker, so that you know why you're being asked to do some things. And so you know where each other's coming from. And that way you can have better conversations to get done what you, the job seeker, ultimately want, which is getting that job filled by you. But before we go there, let's just pay some bills. Hey there. So do you have a good person in your life that you're wanting to give a gift of jewelry to? Maybe a bracelet for your aunt or your uncle on their anniversary, or a set of earrings for your good friend on their birthday, or a brooch for your mom to wear to that family wedding coming up. Well, the good people at Green Moon Monday, they have just the thing for you. Green Moon Monday has been making unique message-infused jewelry for close to 30 years. Using semi-precious stones and quality materials, each piece is handcrafted with the attention to the detail that only a true artisan can provide. Whether you're looking for a bracelet or a pennant or earrings, Green Moon Monday's works of art each have their own unique story and purpose and will bring joy and comfort to that unique good person in your life. Go to greenmoonmonday.com to order today. Green Moon Monday, good people making great jewelry for your good people. So let's talk about those two solitudes, the life of a job seeker and the life of a job provider. The job seeker, they've got one thing in mind. You've got one thing in mind. You want a job. Whatever that one thing is, though, that's the issue you're running into. Most of us, when we're looking for a job, we're like, I need something. But these days, what a lot of people do is that they're wanting something that actually fits what they want to do. Because what you don't want to be doing is six months from now doing this again. So you want to make sure wherever you go, something you enjoy, something that provides the proper compensation, pay for what you want, and something that you can get to and from in a convenient place, in a convenient way, so that you can have a fulfilled work-life balance. That's a bit of a change from a few years ago because it used to be, you know what, if compensation was enough, it was that, or whatever I need to do, I'll do whatever I need to do. But something's changed with COVID. A lot of us are now we're wanting to make sure that that distance is something that's important to us. The other thing that's being added is for certain positions, there's the option of whether or not you can work from home, hybrid or fully remote. So you've got that choice now of what are you wanting to do? What are you wanting to make sure? But overall, there's still that fear. There's that fear that we all have of, are we going to get a job in time to be able to afford where we live? The other thing that we have in our heads is, are we going to get a job that we feel that gives us the status that we want? Or we feel that gives us the what we need internally in order to feel good about ourselves? So we've got all those things going on in our heads. 
So when we go to Indeed or LinkedIn or look on the Service Canada job board, we have all those things in our head. But we've got a good understanding of what we want, hopefully. And we've got a good resume. And if you don't have a good resume, I encourage you to go to a free employment resource center, talk to them, make sure somebody looks at your resume, make sure you've got everything intact in order to have that well on that document. Know who you are because of that resume. So we've got that. We go on to Indeed or we go on to LinkedIn and we look at these sites and we go, hmm, that's something that may fit. Let's do easy apply. Indeed. Easy apply. Ask certain questions. Yep, I'm ready to go there. Here's my resume. May have the optional question of what are you wanting to do as far as times for your interview are concerned and you go anytime. Now let me start to give you some insights into what the perspective is from the employer in that buy. Why do you think they're asking that question? Optional about times. Well, first of all, Indeed has it as an option that's almost there for almost every uh, employer. When they're putting together uh, and putting onto Indeed and, and putting in a job, what, that's one of the questions that's that almost every time do you. And the reason you do that is that you want to know whether or not this person's available. Because what you want as an employer, you don't want to be doing is going, ah, this is a great person, but they're not available for two months. Or this is a great person, but they can only interview on a Sunday afternoon. If you've got limitations to when you can interview, that's fine. The important thing here is communication. That's what employers are really looking at. That's what the hiring professionals are really wanting to know. Can you communicate well? It's seen in your resume, and it's also seen in things like that. So it's perfectly fine to put in, if you have limitations, to put in, I'm available here. It's perfectly fine to say, I can meet anytime as well. Because if you can meet anytime, tell them that. They don't mind knowing. What you don't want to do is say, you know, I'm only available between 3.30 and 3.45 every second Tuesday. And you may laugh and say, oh, nobody will do that. It's amazing what we as hiring professionals have run into. I remember an individual that told me, yeah, I can't meet with you uh, for two weeks. Now, this is a position. This was a seasonal position. This position was only going to start uh, next week, and it was only going to last three more weeks. And they said to me, I'm sorry, I'm going away for two weeks. I'll meet with you on the 21st of December. Well, this is for a position that would have ended on the 24th of December. So if you are not going to be able to fulfill what's there, don't apply because you're wasting your time as well. So we put in their application, we put that information on, and we send it through. Now, I want to tell you what happens on the other end. What happens on the end for the person that's getting these resumes? You've probably heard little bits of this story, but I want to make sure that you hear this as well. So when we're looking at the applications, there's two different ways we can get the information. Depending upon how we're taking in it, and this is called something called an, an applicant tracking system, an ATS. Depending upon how it's used, some of these firms, they have what's called an HRIS. 
uh, human resource information system, which automatically sends information in a certain way. Some of them are just using the uh, tracking system that's provided by Indeed or LinkedIn. Whatever a person's doing is somehow they've got that information and they get your resume. Now, depending upon the organization, they may then send it to through a screening process where they're saying, tell me if there's any keywords there. They may be looking for accreditation. They may be looking for a specific word. They may be looking for a combination of words. Depends on how many uh, resumes they get. By and large, if they're getting 300 to 400, they're more likely as an organization to be trying to put through some sort of screening aspect in this. Just because looking at 300 resumes, even when you are looking at them at for the 10 seconds that normally you give to looking at a resume, and that is true, you usually get about 10 seconds for it. They're not going to want to look at 300 of these. So they're going to use a system to be able to do that. There's no way you as a job seeker can know what exactly they're looking for. I want to tell you something right up front right now. If you think that you can know everything that that employer is looking for, you're making a mistake. The most important thing you can do as a job seeker, as far as making sure that you give them the information you have, is make sure you give them that information that you have. Don't lie. Never lie on your resume. Don't put through information that you think is just there because they're just going to want those keywords. Jargon, jargon seem to be jargon. And part of the aspect of this is that, yeah, you can get seen by that, but eventually somebody's going to look at your resume. And if your resume looks like it's all just words that are put there because you know that's the buzzwords, they're going to say, can this person actually do the job? Can this person actually do what I want? And don't forget, that's ultimately what an employer is looking for. They want to know, can you do the job? That's why they're wanting to see action words. That's why they're wanting to see results. That's why they're wanting to see what exactly you did. That's why it used to be, you know, you would record what I did first and work your way down. Now they want to know what you did last. They want to know the job title, but they also want to know what you did. So it's really important on your resume to put in what you did. So yeah, they get these resumes. They take a look at them. If they're an organization that isn't doing that screening through a screening process, they're going to be looking at every single one of those resumes. And as I said, they've got 10 seconds, 10 seconds to look at your resume. Now I'll tell you what I screen for. When I look for, I first of all, I'm looking to see whether or not this person's done what we've done. Barring that, I'm looking to see what exactly have they done and are there any transferable skills? Now, you may have heard that phrase, transferable skills. Transferable skills basically means, is there a skill set that you have done that this company that I'm hiring for could use or could be applied to do what I'm doing for it? I'll give you an example. If you know how to use Excel, and by using Excel, I mean, you know, have you, do you know how to actually input information? Do you know what a formula is? Do you know what a sum is? I'm not asking you to understand pivot tables, although it'd be a really good idea, you know, to look that up, how to use pivot tables, because it's, it's not that difficult, actually. If you're not afraid of a computer, if you can use Excel, 
they're pretty darn sure that you could probably use most pieces of software that they provide, unless you're in IT, unless you're, you know, there are specific situations where you're using IT. But if you can use technology and you're not afraid of technology, for most positions out there that are using technology, they're looking to see that you don't have that fear. And that's what's involved in what, uh, what they're doing. So when they're looking at your resume, when I'm looking at your resume, what I want to know is, is, can you do what I want? Have you got experience doing that? Do you have enough experience? What type of experience have you had? Have you worked in a setting that matches what we do? All those things, all those things, they will help me decide whether or not I'm going to continue looking at your resume past five seconds. If I don't look at your resume past five seconds, I set it aside, I'll never look at it again. And that's reality. It may seem harsh. You spent all that time looking at that resume, but one thing I want you to make sure that you understand about this, the reason you put everything on that resume is so that they can see something, so that they know succinctly that you've done that, and so that they have an understanding that this is what you can do. So it catches their eye. If you put on seven pages, if you put on every little thing that you've ever done, that's too much. Please don't do that. No more than three. Three pages is okay. There was a time when it's like, if it's more than a page, it's wrong. Two to three pages is fine as long as you've got all that information. Again, they we want to capture that and put it in. Anything more than that's not a good idea. In a future episode, we'll talk about what should be on your resume. But for now, I'm just wanting you to understand that from that perspective of the of the employer, that perspective of the hiring manager, this perspective of the recruiter, they're wanting to see what you can done, what you have done. They want to see that succinctly on that piece of paper so they can make that decision. And if you give them a seven-page piece of paper, that gives them another reason to screen you out. Don't do that. Never give an employer a reason to screen you out. So they look through this. And they look through your resume, and I'll tell you what they'll do is they'll mark it, and they'll set it aside because likely they're going to look at it again. They may not, but most recruiters I know, they look at things more than once. They may look at it themselves and have somebody else look at it. They may look at it themselves and then come back to it and go, okay, this is the right thing. Oftentimes what I would do when I was screening 200 resumes in two hours, and that's pretty standard thing when you're recruiting. When I was screening 200 resumes in two hours, I would tag them in a certain way. And then I would go back to those afterwards. And I would look at those and afterwards, you know, I might go back to it that same day. I might go back it to the next day. And by the way, please remember that employers have and are people that have lives and other things that they're doing, including going to lunch, <laughs> including doing other aspects of their job, just like, you know, you've been there, so you know people do things. They're going to come back to that stuff maybe the next day. And I tell you, sometimes I look at that and I go, why did I put that person there? I really don't know. And that's not doesn't mean I'm not professional. That just means sometimes you need a second look. And you know this yourself. Sometimes you know you need that second opinion or you need that second time to look at things. Look at your resume. If you got the perfect resume the first time, 
you probably made a mistake. So they're going to look at it a couple times. And then eventually they'll have their process to touch base with you. Now, that process to get in touch with you could be a number of things. There are organizations that are wanting to do tests, and we're going to handle that in a future podcast about tests and how those are done. And they will send out information to you about, please take this test. It could be an Indeed test. It could be something else that's done for them. Again, we'll handle that in the future podcast. Or they could be sending out uh, an invitation because please let us know when you would be available for a interview. That could be a screening interview. That could be an on-site interview. That all depends on their process and processes are dependent upon that organization. Also dependent upon the position and dependent upon who's, what's hiring is involved in that. Or they could be sending out uh, information saying, hey, you know, when can we meet? When can we talk? Or they could call you. Please do yourself a favor. Make sure you're using your cell phone. Make sure that you have voicemail on your cell phone. I know a lot of you are like, I don't need voicemail. But I want to tell you something. If I'm an employer and I'm calling you and you can't answer because you're in the subway or you can't answer because you're in the bathroom and you don't want to call, I answer that call or you don't want to answer because something else is going on, like you're in another interview, you want that message. Spend the money to have the voicemail. I know you're like, I'll never use it ever again. That's fine. And again, just a reminder, make sure, like your resume, like everything else, that you're a professional in your voicemail. The times that I've heard people be screaming at other people on their voicemail message, because they were getting a rude call from somebody and they just felt, I'm going to put on my voicemail right now. You're not being professional to me. And that's an unprofessionalism back to me. That, you know, I, I know some people sometimes they want to be funny on the voicemail. Be funny when you're not working. Be funny when you're not working at getting a job. So, it's important that you have voicemail. It's important that it's professional. Tells your name, tells your phone number, tells how you're willing to respond. They'll leave a message and they'll get back to you and you can get back to them. Now, they're only going to leave a message once. They're not going to leave it twice. So that's another thing, reason why you have a voicemail. If you don't have it, they're going to move on to the next person. Because their expectation is, is that you'll have that voicemail. From there, then you move in, you contact them and you move into the process of the interview. But that's how this process sort of works at the beginning. This is what they're looking for. They're not going to fit into your thinking about how it's done. They're going to fit into their way, do it in their process because they're busy. We are busy people when we're hiring. I have meetings. I have other things I need to do. I've got people to socialize with at work. I've got to get there in the morning. Or I've got to get to my computer and do my work. I've got my cat going across my screen. Well, Rishi's not going across my cat, my screen right now. But he's, he's sleeping over in the corner because he knows what he wants to do. But those are all of those things that are getting involved. It's really important for you to understand that when you're looking for work, that you be patient with them, 
and they'll get back to you. Final aspect of this I want to just talk about today is how many applications do you need to put in in order to get those people getting back to you? It doesn't matter how many, as long as it's one. Now, if you're not getting any and you've put through 200, there's probably something wrong with either your resume. And again, there's places you can go to to get help on that. And we'll have a future episode on resumes. Or it could be that you're applying to jobs that you're not qualified for. Or it could be that those places are looking for very specific things that you don't have. Doesn't mean you're not a good person. Doesn't mean you're not qualified. Doesn't mean that your work that you've done beforehand is not a value. What it means is that for that particular situation, they've not chosen you. And that's not personal. And that's tough for us as job seekers. We, we're like, hey, I'm good. Why are you not listening to me? Why are you not hiring me? Why are you not at least interviewing me? Your self-worth comes from who you are. Your self-worth cannot come from your job. It cannot come from the fact that you get interviews. It cannot come from how people feel about you. Your self-worth comes from yourself. It comes from your friends. It comes from your family. And that's where that all comes from. So... That's our discussion about hiring processes. We've just gotten to the point where somebody's contacted you and ready to move on to the interview. We'll have a future podcast about interviews. We'll also have a future podcast about email discussions. That's something I very specifically didn't get into today. Email discussions are really important to do it well, and we want to make sure we have a full podcast on that in the future. I want to thank you for your time today. I want to thank you for spending the time to learn a little bit more about what it's like for the people that are trying to hire you what their perspective is and how it can help you as a job seeker in that art of getting a job. To each of you who are out there, if you're looking for resources, go to your local library. I want to encourage you all to use that. If you're looking in the Toronto area, the Toronto Public Library has access to the LinkedIn uh, library, which gives you training modules and training options for you to be able to use in the future. I hope you have a good day today. I hope you have a good evening. I hope you... Have a great day tomorrow. I hope that whatever you're doing, be it job search, be it life, be it family, be it recreation, be it friends, that it be fulfilling for you and be a time that you enjoy. I want to thank you for your time again today. Rishi thanks you as well from over in the corner. He's put his head up a little bit and he's now awake. You take care and we'll talk to you soon.